welcome to this week's episode of Walking with the Master. My name is Ken Winter, and this week's episode is entitled, The Lost Son. Tax collectors and other notorious sinners often came to listen to Jesus teach. The Pharisees and their scribes continually criticized Jesus because he was associating with such sinful people, even eating with them. The religious leaders were functioning under the false belief that there is a hierarchy of sin, dividing acceptable sins from those that proper Jewish society would have deemed to be unacceptable. They would have identified notorious sinners as people who led conspicuously immoral lives and or engaged in highly questionable occupations. But it also would have included people with certain diseases or disabilities that were perceived to be a sign of some great sin. This group would have been physically and morally unapproachable by these religious leaders. Tax collectors were generally hated and despised by their fellow countrymen. Therefore, they would have also been considered to be a part of this larger group. No respectable Jew would have had anything to do with this collection of notorious sinners. The Pharisees viewed this group as being beyond saving and viewed themselves as not being in need of saving. Sadly, the Pharisees never saw themselves as being among the lost. This idea of acceptable sins is not unique to the scribes and Pharisees. I believe that we in the church today often function under a similar system of ranking sin. For example, if we were asked about the sins of murder, sexual immorality, stealing, or drunkenness, we would tend to agree that these egregious sins are unacceptable. But what about the sins of gossip, creating strife, covetousness, or gluttony? We might tend to view these as less egregious sins, and therefore as more acceptable. I would agree those sins are more prevalent, even within the church, but that doesn't make them more acceptable. Scripture teaches that the wages of all sin is death, and all of us have sinned and fallen short. My point is that all of us are sinners in need of a Savior. The Pharisees were taking a position that, that the tax collectors and notorious sinners did not deserve the attention of Jesus. And how could anyone who was righteous associate with them? I, for one, am grateful that Jesus came to seek and save sinners, for I am counted among them. It's also important to note that throughout the Gospels, that repentant sinners were continuously drawn to Jesus. Not because he catered to them or compromised on truth, but because he genuinely cared for them and welcomed them, whereas the religious leaders treated them as outcasts. It is important that we in the church consider how we are viewed by our world today. Do our words and actions reflect those of Jesus or those of the Pharisees? Jesus spoke three parables in response to the accusations being made by the Pharisees and their scribes. The parables of the lost sheep, the lost coin, and the lost son. He was clearly communicating the message of salvation. God welcomes and forgives 
repentant sinners. God is seeking and searching just as the shepherd seeks out the lost sheep and the woman searches for the lost coin. But there is also our part in salvation. The lost son willingly repented and returned to his father. The fact that the shepherd goes out to seek one lost sheep and the woman searches for her one lost coin is a reflection of the truth that our Lord does not want anyone to be destroyed, but wants everyone to repent. He seeks and searches for every last one, and the heavens rejoice when even one sinner repents. In the parable of the lost son, we see two beautiful pictures, one of repentance and the other of acceptance. The rebellious son comes to the end of himself and realizes how far he has fallen. He knows that his selfish way has led to failure and destruction. He has exhausted everything that the world has to offer and has been left empty and broken, lying in a pigsty. He literally has hit bottom and knows that there is only one choice. He can continue to languish in his filth, or he can seek his father's forgiveness. Having gone as far as he can on the path away from his father, he makes a 180-degree turn back toward his father. That's the picture of repentance. Coming face to face with the reality of our sin. Lamenting over our sin and its effects on ourselves, on others, and on God. Confessing it to ourselves, to those we have wronged, and to God. Acknowledging that we are powerless over our sin and cannot change ourselves. And making a 180 degree turn toward God. As we turn toward God, he is there to meet us and accept us with arms outstretched wide to receive us, to forgive us, and to restore us into right relationship with him as his child. Picture the son's rags being exchanged for a fine robe, his once filthy feet now being cradled in his father's sandals, and the signet ring on his finger showing that he has been restored. Then he enters into a banquet, announcing to the world and celebrating his return. What a gift! Jesus is extending that very same gift of forgiveness and restoration to notorious sinners like me and you. With none too sinful to receive it, as long as we are not too hard-hearted or proud to accept it. That is not only a life-changing message to receive, it's also a life-changing message we must share. A message of grace, of forgiveness, of restoration, and of acceptance. The lost are waiting to be found. This week, I am releasing the Kindle edition of the first novel in my newest series, The Parables. Each of the stories is a 20th century telling of one of Jesus' parables. This first book in the series, entitled An Elusive Pursuit, follows the journey of a young man who leaves his family and home behind in order to pursue an elusive dream, only to discover it was within his reach all the time. 
I invite you to join him on the twists and turns of his journey. You can read about all three parables that I've mentioned in this post in the Gospel of Luke, chapter 15. This episode is taken from chapter 53 of my book, Walking with the Master. Information about all of my books can be found on my website, kenwinter.org. Well, thanks for joining me this week, and I hope you'll do so again next week, as together we walk with the Master.